Hello and welcome to Green Mint. This is season four and we are happy to be back with you with few more editions. And to tell us all about that, let's join Dr. Hamid Al-Sanawi. Dr. Hamid, welcome once again at season four. Thank you, Lakshmi. It's always a pleasure to be with you and your team. And in this episode, we're going to have as part of season four, we are taking a different approach. Can you tell us yes. more about that? Well, in the past, the focus was more talking about mental health related issue, focusing on raising awareness, talking about well-being. But this time we thought about bringing real life stories into the situation. And the initial plan was to invite people to call in, share their experiences. So we learn directly from them. But because of some technical issues, anonymity, and you know, getting the right timing, we thought we could read the stories or tell their stories on their behalf, okay. so we could understand what people actually go through when they're experiencing mental health problem, and what can we do to help them. Excellent. So I'm really looking forward to all these different stories and how we can all relate to these yes. life stories, because I think they're very, very relevant. But Dr. Hamid, first I want to ask you, throughout these years, decades of you being a psychiatrist, um, how do you actually stay disconnected to all these stories of people? Because yes. even when we watch movies, we go through emotions. Either yes. we feel very good or we feel, you know, somewhere something has hurt us. Yes. So how do you handle it? Very interesting question. Yeah, it's a daily affair for you. Yes, uh, I think it's, uh, I would say, a work in progress because in a sense, I think it's useful to keep that human side of you interacting with people, but not overdo it because sometimes we tend to experience what is known as burnout, mm. especially when we take patients home with us. So the idea is that when you, the client comes in, share the problem, try to help them, but also have the, the understanding of your boundaries. I learned through the years that I cannot save everybody. In fact, some people come with too much expectations, too many expectations rather, to solve their 20 years on problems in one session. And this might be upsetting for them, okay. but I think I, we, we need to be very realistic. There is also- Because it's layers and layers of definitely, issues. Definitely, definitely. So with time it accumulates, it becomes part of you. You know, you can't have one hour to untangle or undo what has been accumulated through the years. And the other thing is, uh, I would sometimes like to share what I learned, what I experienced, what I have, re how I reacted with another colleague. And I have a kind of a safety team where people, we exchange ideas, experiences without being judged. Mm -hmm. The other person will understand that I am not seeking his consultation. I just want to be heard. And we kind of mutually support each other. Mm -hmm. And it's been going well. Oh, that is a good strategy. Yes. Because it's accepting. Otherwise, if it is somebody else who didn't understand your profession, yes. they become overwhelmed and they think that exactly, that's yes. the only talk and complain about this. Yes. That's quite true, yes. Okay. So today we are going into our case, first life story we are picking out. This is a person who's 27 years old and he actually comes to the clinic feeling anxious and has been constantly worrying after being promoted as a team manager. Yes. He feels overwhelmed with a new list of responsibilities and worries that he's not skilled enough and the fact that he might let his boss down. Despite completing the needed training and receiving good appraisal, he kept thinking he's not capable. His anxiety manifests into usability to fall asleep as his mind was raising with negative thoughts. 
his heart beats faster and finds it difficult to relax. When he's on duty, he would feel better, but would avoid visiting friends and family for fear of being asked about his job. He's planning to get married, but is not sure he should inform his fiancée about his mental health problems. Yes, so several points here to reflect on in this particular situation. Number one, when a person's, uh, what we call personality traits, so if you are a perfectionist, if you don't have enough uh, self-confidence, this might work against you. So he is a perfectionist? To some degree, yes. yes. I mean, I remember this particular young man because even during college, he will work extra to please his parents. He always wanted to be at the top. So all his marks would be A. Plus, if he gets a B, it's a problem for him. Disappointment. Because, exactly. And he tends to uh, wind himself up to the, to the point of, you know, performing less during the following exam because he would be anxious, he feel that he let his parents down. Uh, there might have been uh, another uh, issue to that, that parents are always comparing him with the brother who's a doctor and this guy was an engineer, so it's like this rival or the brother setting up a, a benchmark. Uh, the other thing is that uh, with this, when, uh, despite all the assurance he gets from the outside world that he is doing well, he passed his training, this inner anxiety is bothering him to the point that he will be experiencing physical symptoms. So the headaches, the heartbeats, the lack of sleep, the tension, always feeling in edge is a very common symptom of anxiety that sometimes people fail to recognize it. They might go and see a medical doctor asking for tests, scans, only to discover that everything is fine. But actually, that this is deep-rooted anxiety that attributes to all of this. Uh, the other part is that if you have mental health problem to tell or not to tell, to d disclose this to your future par uh, partner, uh, is that something that might work again, might work against you, or are you going to be more? If they show a positive attitude, are you going to become over dependent on them? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, surprisingly, the the partner might enjoy being looking after yes. so they do that caregiving role and have a uh, control exactly so it doesn't come for free so yes. that's, that's very yes. smart so there is an element so the reward for them that control everything you do comes after my approval and you cannot survive without me because i understand your anxieties so in his case he would tilt the balance right from the beginning yes so the question for him was uh, is it ethical to hide this? What would be the impact right. if they get married and the wife doesn't understand how to cope with this? Would she be an extra source of pressure? Would it be fair to tell her everything? And where is the balance? So what should he do? I think it's the uh, first thing is to think clearly and be realistic of what would be the, the outcome of this disclosure. To some degree, she has the right to know. To know. At the same time, he needs to be careful about uh, how is how is he going to pitch it? What is he going to right. do? How much information is there? And how is she going to view exactly. it? Exactly. Oh, this uh, is an added pressure on him. Definitely, definitely. And he tends to go through those pockets of anxiety. For example, the promotion was supposedly something positive. Yes. So most people will feel excited. Yes. It's an extra salary. It's a status. But for him, he was only we are focusing on the negative aspect, which is the pressure, the responsibility. This constant fear of uh, not being able to please the boss, who might be subconsciously the parent that he was trying to please when he was a student. 
Was he able to ever overcome or handle the I situation? I think with time he was able. I think what helped with him that the, the idea that he wanted to learn more. So outside the sessions, he was focused. He was interested to learn more about what is the root of his anxiety, uh-huh. what are the practical steps. Because when when he so goes through the right. anxiety, yes. none of this would work. But it's about work on progress, working between the episodes. He strikes a balance about telling his wife, but not to sell it in a negative way, because obviously he didn't want that marriage to be sabotaged. Mm. Uh, he was also aware of the concept of control. So mm. at the point, he needs to understand that maybe it's okay to, if I, he challenges himself a little bit. And also empowers looking at evidence for what is going on. So for example, uh, what are the evidence that his boss is not uh, happy about him if so why is that not reflecting in his appraisal mm. he works in a company which doesn't mess with appraisal so what you see is what he you get he should accept it exactly so being able to accept uh, you know positive comments when somebody says that you are doing well just don't try to defend it just that it itself say. shows yet another deep problem exactly. Process, exactly. maybe from the childhood yes yes not accepting that is good enough exactly and uh, we probably talked about the imposter syndrome yes. in this episode so some people have that a little bit of imposter syndrome where they feel like maybe i am not good enough maybe people will discover that i'm not good enough mm. so it's just a constant fear inside them so he had valid points, and I think he took the right step by accepting it. Yes. But I want to ask you one question, uh, Dr. Hamid. Is anxiety an illness? Well, uh, simple answer, anxiety at a different level. So mild anxiety can be useful. For example, I might feel anxious preparing for this podcast, which means that I would be reading, I'll be driving on time, I make sure that all the equipment is ready, so everything in passel. I transfer the anxiety to something positive instead of severity of anxiety, which might make me very crippled because my brain will get to the point of only thinking about the negative side. Mm. So if I am too anxious, I might experience difficulty concentration. In concentration, I might find difficulty focusing on what I'm saying. I might start bubbling. My thought might be racing. I might be focusing on negative comments that might not happen. Because one of the saying is that we tend to, 90% of what we are worried about doesn't actually exist. And that can work against you because you will be sabotaging your progress by focusing on things that all are all in your head. Uh, and does it run within families? Is it like passed on because of genetics? Yes. So one of the challenges in psychology and mental health is what we call nature versus nurture. So nature is your genes, yes. so the way you are you know, your genetic makeup, and which you get from your parents. And nurture is your upbringing. Environment, and yeah. Uh, yeah, environment. So in, for most people, it's kind of both, because you are brought up by your fa- parents who are, you carry the same genes. So for some uh, traits, you tend to pick up uh, the genetics might be, the genes might be there just like what we call a risk factor, but not a total explanation. But your early life experience is the main, main determinant. I've seen uh, people uh, coming to the clinic with uh, social anxiety. So basically they feel uh, fear and speaking in public. Uh, They might have difficulty going to big gatherings, uh, praying in the mosque, attending um, uh, wedding parties or giving a talk in public or a presentation or even talking in a meeting might be devastating for them. 
And it's interesting when you talk to them, they say, well, my father is also more conserved. He doesn't mingle, he doesn't have lots of friends. He would prefer staying at home most of the time. Yeah. So you could see that would have, in a sense, might give him the genes, but... Also you know, copied him exactly. unknowingly, yes. unknowingly. Yes. Yeah. Right. So does, do they need to take medication to overcome Not anxiety? Necessarily. Not I mean, when it comes to medication versus talking therapy, it's about the severity. Uh, some types uh, of anxiety are related to more physical manifestations. So when you people talk about panic attack, the heart will be racing, they'll uh, be sweating, they'll be shivering. Some people get to the point of uh, being flushing, so they look red if they have fair skin. They have difficulty speaking. So in such cases, uh, it's kind of your body takes over. You feel as if you are in in a danger situation. So your body starts reacting as if there's a danger. So in that case, most people find it difficult to accept therapy for this, but medication will help abort this reaction before it oh, happens. Oh, really? Yes. So but then they'd have to depend on it. But if Not you necessarily. Do, I think okay. most of what, what, what I tend to feel that with time you, because what happens you, for example, if I am fearful of talking in public every time, I I'm offered an, an opportunity to talk, I will be expecting that reaction to happen. So it kind of, it happens, it's like a self-fulfilled uh. prophecy. So in a sense, the reaction will happen partly because I expected it, but be, be partly because I anticipate that this situation is going to be fearful. But if I go there with the right attitude, with the right training, with the right relaxation, with the right medication, mm. then I, with time I will teach myself that it's not as bad as I expected. So you, I kind of gain confidence and eventually I don't need the medication. It's interesting you said self-fulfilled prophecy. Yes. It happens. We really manifest our own exactly. fears and imaginations. Exactly. Yes, yes. So imagine if it's positive things. I remember Dr. Hamad uh, taking public speaking classes. The yes. first speech, I could literally feel my knees knocking. Yes. My heart was so fast and I thought everybody could see it beating. And the face was like really flushed. And then it's over the period. Yes, in each yes. speech presentation, it became so normal. Yes. So practice. The practice, biggest those practice, practice. Yes. And uh, when I teach my students, I say well, practice makes perfect. But also practice with feedback. I mean, yes. back when I was a student myself, we used to have a small gathering with colleagues and we would present in front of them. And then they would be giving us honest feedback. Nowadays, you can record yourself. Your mobile phone, yes. video, and then you could see, and then probably correct. Yes, sir. you have you have the kind of honest feedback because you could say maybe I am talking too fast, yes. maybe I don't tend to speak clearly, maybe I am or using my hands too frequently, <laughs> or maybe I am not making sense. I am rambling. So all of this would help. The minute you calm down, your thoughts flow much better. Yes. Sometimes you feel you're batting your eyelids because you're trying to remember your exactly. points. Yes, yes, so these things, yes. like you said, a video would help and honest friends. Yes, and mindset. I mean, sometimes if I try to go everywhere, I think this has to be perfect. This has to be perfect. That can be exhausting mm. because you just, you're, you're just Good. fighting with yourself. And I learned over the year, for example, last week I was in a... I was presenting at a conference in Dubai and uh, I emailed my presentation four days ahead. And when I arrived there, the coordinator was asking, do you want to update your presentation? And I said, no. 
said to myself, it doesn't have to be perfect. Whatever is there, I've done this before. Yeah. And it's fine. And it was fine. Uh, because you've learned it, you've mastered it now. That yes. feeling of control. And it's a self-fulfilled uh, prophecy. Oh. <laughs> you used it in the positive way. Yes. Okay, so that's, I think that's a very key element for us to take home um, after this session. Dr. Hamid Al-Sinawi, thank you so much for this wonderful season we're starting off and for this week's edition on Green Mint. And we've been looking at anxiety management. Thank you. Thank you.